All right, well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me. Psalm 72. Psalm 72. We continue our series, this summer series, our summer in the Psalms, Psalm 72. Today we're looking at Your Kingdom Come, Psalm 72. As we, we look at the world around us, uh, liberals, conservatives, Democrats, and Republicans, we all can agree that uh, there's something desperately wrong with the world. Uh, all of us can look around and see that something is wrong. Uh, as we look at uh, corruption and crime all around us, poverty and oppression, injustice and prejudice, all around us we see that the world is corrupted. It, it, there's something desperately wrong. We, we need a fix, right? There needs to be a great fix. We all desire more from this world than what we, we see in it today. And you know, the reason we all desire more is because God created us for more. When God created the heavens and the earth, when he, he finished on that final day, that sixth day of creation after he had created man, he looked at all of his creation and said, it's very good. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And then mankind sinned and brought sin into the world, and with sin, all the corruption that comes along with it. But God made us for perfection. He made us for so much more. And so we long for, we yearn for more than what this world has for us. And you know, Scripture tells us, Jesus commands us, actually. Jesus tells us when he was with his disciples and his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus, one of the phrases, we're not going to look at the whole uh, prayer, but one of the phrases he said was to pray, your kingdom come. Right? Our Father who art in heaven Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Now that's something that should be on our lips every time that we sit down to pray. Your kingdom come. I want to, as we look at this psalm today, I want you to, to see this, that Christ's kingdom is a kingdom worth praying for. Christ's kingdom is a kingdom worth praying for. And we should be praying for Christ's kingdom to come on a daily basis. Now, the question arises, however, what does praying your kingdom come look like? I mean, just we would just pass by that phrase, oh Lord, your kingdom come, and that be it. But what does it really mean to pray, God, bring your kingdom, bring Christ's kingdom? What does that look like? Well, actually, as I was studying this, this psalm, I began to realize that's exactly what Solomon is doing in this psalm. This psalm is written by King Solomon. Uh, most people, most uh, of the scholars think it was probably written early in his reign, probably right after he kind of took the throne over from David. And, and so now here he is, this young king, and, and he is praying this prayer to God as he is coming in to serve as God's anointed king over Israel. And so what's happening in this psalm is, is Solomon is, he's praying, God, your kingdom come. Bring your kingdom. 
now. And that's what we should be praying. Uh, there is a, a future tense to this prayer and should be to our prayers. We should always be praying your actual kingdom. We want Christ to return. We want him to come. We want to set up, set up his kingdom here now in this place. We should be praying, Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Your kingdom come. But you know what? I think we should also be praying this in a present tense. Lord, let your kingdom come in me right now. And so as we look at this prayer today, I want us to look at what we should be praying as we pray, Lord, your kingdom come. And so we're just going to work through it. It's a longer psalm, so we're not going to start off reading it. We're just going to kind of work through it. And so what we're going to see here are six characteristics of Christ's kingdom for which we should pray. Six characteristics of Christ's kingdom for which we should pray. And I'm going to try to move along through this so we're not held up too long here. But six characteristics of Christ's kingdom for which we should pray. And I hope today to teach you and all of us to pray, Lord God, your kingdom come. And so as we look at this psalm then, uh, the first thing we see here, Christ's kingdom is, first of all, a righteous kingdom. Christ's kingdom is a righteous kingdom. Let's look at that first verse there of Solomon. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. He give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. Solomon, as he is praying, as he begins to, to pray this prayer to God, he is saying, uh, Lord, let your king be righteous. Let him be uh, just. And that's a, one of the great characteristics of, of Christ's kingdom. Christ is a righteous judge and a righteous king. He judges righteously, rightly. We look in our world and we see corruption. We see judges sitting on benches uh, uh, that are there to, to hand out justice, but some of them, many of them are corrupt, aren't they? We see corruption all around us. We'll even think about Solomon's life and, and Solomon's own life. He started off well. He started his, his reign uh, praying, Lord, give me wisdom to rule over your people. And God blessed him and gave him wisdom. But then as Solomon grew older, corruption began to slip in and seep in. He began to marry women from foreign nations, which God told him not to do. And all these foreign women brought in their foreign gods, and Solomon began to chase after foreign gods instead of devoting himself to the Lord God alone. And with that, he began to, to go out and... and uh, he began all these building projects that, that uh, then caused him to have to kind of raise taxes among the people, so much so that when Rehoboam, his son, comes in uh, to the kingdom, the people are saying, hey, look, your dad has been tough on us. We've been worked hard all of these years. Could you ease off a bit? We need a break, right? 
So uh, even Solomon, who, who's praying this prayer early in his reign, he allowed corruption to seep in. We see all around us, every government has corruption seep in. There is no none who are righteous, not even one, Scripture tells us. But we long for the righteous king to come and to rule over us in righteousness, to hand out fair judgments and to uh, do righteous among us. And that's what Solomon is praying. And that's what we look forward to when Christ comes and he restores all things. And when Christ comes and restores all, all things, not only will he rule and reign over us, in righteousness but guess what he also gives us righteousness in fact that's what he did on on the cross isn't it he came and lived a perfect life of righteousness and then when he went to Calvary's cross he he took on our unrighteousness paying the penalty for our unrighteousness and then when, when God poured out all of that judgment on him and raised him up again, well, then now Christ gives us, here's my gift of righteousness to you. And he covers us in his righteousness so that we are righteous in the sight of God. And we look forward to the day when he makes us new, completely new. Not only does he give us his righteousness, but now he, he begins to build righteousness in us. And that's something we should desire even now. Even though we, we know as long as we live in these old bodies of flesh, we're going to have sin. But shouldn't we desire righteousness? And just as Solomon is praying, Lord, let your king be righteous. We should be praying, Lord God, let righteousness reign in me. Give me a right heart, oh God. Help me to love, uh, to hate and abhor sin as you hate and abhor sin. Lord, give me power and strength to overcome sin. You have broke the bonds of, of sla the slavery of sin over me. Lord, help me to live in that freedom. Lord, help me to be righteous. Are you pray praying for righteousness in your own life? As we pray, Lord God, your kingdom come, we should be praying, Lord, help me to be righteous. Help me to live in righteousness as you want me to live. So Christ's kingdom is a righteous kingdom. Therefore, pray for righteousness in your own life. Second, Christ's kingdom is eternal. Christ's kingdom is eternal. It's an eternal kingdom. Look at the second verse, starting in verse 5, or the second uh, little uh, section there, starting in verse 5. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth, in his days, that is his king, in his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. Now, notice a couple of phrases there. Uh, let, it, let him do this, let him endure through all generations. And then that last phrase, till the moon is no more. 
You, you have those phrases here. What's Solomon asking for? He is asking for an everlasting kingdom, a kingdom without end that, that lasts until the moon is no more. Throughout all generations, let this king's kingdom reign. And so Solomon is asking for the eternal, eternality of the kingdom to come. And that, after all, is what God promised, isn't it? When God came to David, he came and he, he promised David an eternal kingdom. He said, I will raise up after you a, a king after you, a man of your own flesh, a king after your own flesh. And I will make his kingdom an everlasting kingdom. That was promised to David, an everlasting kingdom. A king, a man from David's own line, who God would set up his kingdom forever and ever and ever. Now, even in our day, we, we look to those kings and queens and, and leaders who are the greatest among us. The, we have those that we favor, maybe not all of them. Uh, but we want them to, to rule and reign as long as they can when they're good, uh, good moral kings or moral queens or, or leaders of whatever kind. Great Britain's national anthem is God Save the Queen. Many of you may know that. Uh, it goes like this, God save our gracious queen, long live our noble queen. She saved the, uh, God save the queen, send her victorious, happy and glorious, long to reign over us, God save the queen. You see, that's our, our tendency. When we have good leaders, we want them to, to reign as long as possible. But uh, notice it says, let her reign long over us. Because we know that that reign can't be eternal. Because as good as we may want certain leaders to, to rise and stay there for as long as they can, all kings, all queens, all presidents, all congressmen and congresswomen eventually go the way of the world and they die. Even Solomon, after David, he lived long, but he eventually died. But God promised an eternal king and an eternal kingdom. And we look forward to that day, and we know that that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is God's king. And when he reigns, he will establish his kingdom for all of eternity. When Christ Jesus returns, that's it. And so we pray, Lord God, your kingdom come. Christ, your kingdom come. Set up your eternal kingdom. We want it today, Lord. But even as we pray that, shouldn't we also pray that God would give us a vision of eternity? Lord, give me a vision of eternity. Lord, Lord, help me to focus my life not on today, not on the end of the week, end of the month, not on just retirement, but Lord, give me a, an eternal perspective on life. You see, we have a tendency to kind of just focus in on this little bitty life, and this little bitty old life is like a speck. It's a, a dot on a, a piece of paper. That's it. I mean, we're, we're given 60, 70, 80, 
really uh, blessed 90-something years on this earth. And then what? Eternity. And, and, you know, I just celebrated 46 years, and I'm like, Where, how did I get 46 years old? Where did the years go? I mean, it's just kind of like that. I remember being a kid, right, bouncing around the house, not having a care in the world, and now I'm 46. Over half my life is gone. <laughs> this life is a speck, but that's what we focus on. God, give us an eternal perspective. Let us look to eternity. Let us live for eternity. That's why Jesus says, don't store up for yourself uh, treasures on earth where moth and fire and rust destroy and thief breaks into steel, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven because that's what matters. Eternity is what matters. So, dear friend, quit worrying about today. Quit worrying about tomorrow. Quit worrying about the end of the month. Quit worrying about retirement. Quit worrying about all of those things. Look to glory. Look to eternity. Lord God, give us an eternal perspective. Free us from our short-sightedness. Let us live for eternity. Christ's kingdom is an eternal kingdom. Let's live for eternity. So Christ's kingdom is a righteous kingdom. It's a, an eternal kingdom. And third, Christ's kingdom is a universal kingdom. Christ's kingdom is a universal kingdom. Verses 8 through 11 there. May he have, his king, have dominion from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. May, may desert tribes bow down before him. That, that would have been the southern, far, farthest southern point that Solomon could have imagined at that time. May the kings of Tarsus and, and the, uh, the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. Christ's kingdom is a universal kingdom. It covers all of the nations of the world. It covers the whole earth. It covers to the ends of the earth. It's not just Israel, right? It's not just Jerusalem. It's not just Israel. It's not just the Middle East. It's all of the earth. His kingdom will cover all of the earth. Now, we have today, and we, we all desire this, right? We, we desire world peace. You hear people talk about that all the time. Oh, we need to have world peace. And, and so that was kind of the idea behind forming the United Nations, that we could bring all the nations together and maybe somehow, some way we could have a world peace. But let me tell you, as long as we're divided kingdoms, we're never going to have world peace. Only when we come under the authority and the control of one universal kingdom will there be world peace and he will bring world peace he will establish world peace not only in the world but in us in our hearts we look for world peace we look for the day that the universal king will come and rule and reign over all of the universe and one day that will take place one day that will take place for, uh, as Philippians 2, 9 
11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day... Though there are many today who will stand up and shake their fist at Christ, one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Write it down. God said it's going to happen and it's going to take place. So dear friend, if you're here today and you're living in rebellion against Jesus Christ, you're saying, I'm not giving in. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live my own way. I don't need you, Jesus. One day, you will bow before Jesus Christ. And you will confess him as Lord. Even if it is right before that moment that you're ushered off in it, into eterni eternity of judgment for your life of rebellion against him. But you will confess him as Lord. Let me just ask you to please confess him as Lord today. Confess him as Lord now in this life. He is a loving and caring Lord. He loves you and he died for you. And if you surrender to him as Lord today, if he is king over you today, he will be king over you for all of eternity in his glorious kingdom. But if you continue to reject him, you will confess him as Lord. But when it's at that eternal and that at that throne of judgment, it's going to be eternally too late. Confess him as Lord today. But Christ's kingdom is a universal kingdom. He will rule and reign over all the nations. There will be all the nations gathered around his throne, singing glory. To the Lord God Almighty. You know, as we think about that, as we know that, we know that one day we're going to have every tribe, every race, every nation will be gathered around the throne of, of Christ. They will be joining us in God's kingdom and Christ's kingdom. There's not going to be uh, black and white and Hispanic, all of that. No, we're all going to be one in Christ. So let's pray, Lord, give us a universal heart. Give us a heart for the nations. Let us love those around us. Lord, remove all prejudice from our hearts. Because let us admit it, we have prejudice in our heart. We look at others of different color, dif different ethnicities, and, and we make judgment, pre-judgments about them. And we don't reach out to them as we ought to reach out to them. We don't love them as we ought to love them. But let me tell you, dear friend, one day you will be kneeling beside them at God's throne. So remove the prejudice from our hearts. Love all people, all nations, all people groups. Oh, Lord God, give us a love for the nations. Remove the, the racism that is in us. Remove the prejudice that is in us so that we'll be a people of your people. Oh, dear friends, let us pray, Lord God, 
Give us a universal mindset. Give us a love for all peoples so that we might see your kingdom expand. Christ's kingdom is a righteous kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. It's a universal kingdom. Fourth, it's a compassionate kingdom. It's a compassionate kingdom. Look there at verse, at verse 12. For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. Christ has compassion for those who are in need. He has compassion instead of oppressing the needy and keeping them beat down. Christ lifts them up. He has compassion. He has compassion. He loves them and lifts them up. People like to talk a lot today about being compassionate. But let's be honest, few are truly compassionate. Majority of the people are looking out for one person themselves. They may have compassionate moments, but most people, uh, all of us, let's just be honest, all of us are a little selfish. By nature, we are selfish and self-centered. And, and it just, it's that way throughout our world, throughout mankind. Uh, maybe you've seen this on social media or on the internet or, or news or whatever, the traffic jam on Mount Everest. Mount Everest is a, 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 an adventure site these days, and, and a lot of people are trying to go and climb Mount Everest, the highest point on the, the globe. And not too long ago, there was a picture of a traffic jam on Mount Everest. There's a line of hundreds of people all waiting to get to the peak point of Mount Everest, that tallest point, which is about the size of two ping pong tables. And so all of these people are lined up, but, you know, oxygen is thin up there. And it's cold. And even while all these hundreds of people are waiting in line to get to that peak point, 11 people died. 11 people died because they ran out of oxygen or they died due, due to the elements. Now the question, were there, there, were there people there who, who, who tried to help them? To extend a hand to them, to try to get them out, to, to get them the help that they needed? No. In fact, one of the other climbers there, all she could talk about after the event, after she climbed over the dead bodies to reach the peak, all she could talk about was the wonderful view. There's little compassion in our world today. We're a selfish and self-centered generation. But Christ... Is compassionate. Philippians 2, 3 through 8 tells us of his compassion. He says there, Paul says to us, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, 
but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among you, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Who though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. We, we couldn't get there. We, we couldn't climb that mountain. We couldn't grasp his deity. But here's what Jesus did. He emptied himself. He set aside his eternal glory. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's true compassion. Christ set aside his eternal glory. He was crowned with his, his glorious crown. He was clothed in eternal glory. And he set all of it aside. He took it off. Set it aside. And he became a worm like me. He put on this human, created human flesh. And he did what I could not do. And what you could not do living in a perfect obedience to the Father's will. And even though he had no sin, nothing, he was not worthy to die, he willingly laid down on Calvary's cross and he allowed the nails to be pierced, to be hammered into his arms, to his feet. And he hung there on Calvary's cross. If that weren't pain enough, he then allowed the Father to pour out, to focus all of his rage and his judgment against our sin to be focused down and poured out upon Jesus. So that he could pay our penalty. So that he could give us life in him. Paul says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You see, we don't have it in us to do that kind of thing ourselves. But through the power of Jesus Christ that lives in us, dear Christian, we can have that kind of compassion. Let us pray. Lord God, your kingdom come in me. Give me your compassion. Lord, I'm selfish and self-centered. If it's me or somebody else, I'm going to pick me every time, Lord. Lord, overcome this flesh. You promised it's my mind in Christ Jesus. Overcome this flesh. Overcome these selfish desires and Lord, give me a heart of compassion. Let me see people by your eyes. Let's pray. Your kingdom come. Your compassion come in my heart. Christ's king, kingdom is a righteous, eternal, and universal and compassionate kingdom. Fifth, Christ's kingdom is a prosperous kingdom. Christ's kingdom is a prosperous kingdom. 
Look there, verse 15. Long may he live, his king. Long may the Christ live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually. And blessing evoked for him all the day. May there be an abundance of grain in the land. On the tops of the mountains may it wave. May its fruit be like Lebanon. Watch this. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. Let me repeat that. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun may people be blessed in him all nations call him blessed now of course we know that when Christ returns and when Christ sets up his kingdom it's going to be a prosperous kingdom I mean you may not have much now but when you're in his kingdom there's gold and silver everywhere right we're not even going to think about the value of gold because it's going to be like this carpet here this is going to be everywhere and there's not going to be a want for anything. The, the grain uh, will fill the mountaintops. That's what that passage said. There will be plenty for everyone. No want. No poverty. We know all of those things. But, but notice that it's a prosperous kingdom. That is, it's prosperous in people. And may people blossom in the city like the grass of the field. His kingdom is going to be a full kingdom. There's going to be people from every nation, tribe, tongue. All of them is going to be there. There's going to be people from all over the world in this kingdom. It's going to be a prosperous kingdom full of folks. Oh, shouldn't we be praying for his kingdom to prosper even now? Shouldn't we be praying, Lord God, bring people into your kingdom? This is the Great Commission prayer, isn't it? Lord, Lord, give us a heart for the nation so that we can go out and, and testify to the gospel and invite people into your kingdom. Lord, we want to see your kingdom expand. It's not about building a church here. It's not about filling this building. It's about filling Christ's kingdom. Lord God, let your kingdom prosper. Let it be filled with the lost. May they come to know you be saved by you oh lord send a revival send a great awakening across this land let us see people come to know you may people be like grass sprouting up everywhere in your kingdom Christ's kingdom is prosperous. It's a prosperous kingdom. Therefore, pray for the prosperity or the expansion of Christ's kingdom even here and now. Oh, Lord God, let us as a church see your spirit move in Bastrop and Morehouse Parish in Louisiana. And wherever you send us, let your spirit move. Oh, Lord, let us see people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord. May your kingdom prosper. Christ's kingdom is a righteous, eternal, universal, compassionate, and prosperous kingdom. And last of all, and not least, Christ's kingdom is a worshipful kingdom. It's a worshipful, and yes, notice the play on words there. Worship-full, F-U-L-L. -L. It's full of worship. 
Now, verses 18 through 20, or 18 and 19 here, it, it, Solomon is closing with a doxology, right? It, it, he's just giving praise. He's, his prayer has ended, and he's just extending praise to God. But as I read this, I, I began to think about, but this is Christ's kingdom. No, he's not saying, may this be. He's just doing it, but this is, this is characteristic of Christ's kingdom. Blessed, the, blessed, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Christ's kingdom is full of worship. While well, we see this in Revelation. Revelation chapter 4 gives us a vision of, of Christ's kingdom. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in, in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And watch this. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who is seated on the throne who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They cast down their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are You, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for You created all things and by Your will they existed and were created. In heaven today, there are angels around the throne of God singing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And there are souls around the throne worthy of you. Worthy are you to receive glory and honor and praise and thanks. And let me tell you, dear friend, that's for all of eternity. So if you don't like to worship man... You got some problems. Because when we get to heaven, we're going to worship. Christ's kingdom is full of worship. And let me just tell you, that should be one of the, the key things that we're focused on when we're coming here. We're coming to worship God, to praise Him, to thank Him, to proclaim His glory to the world. Christ's kingdom is a worshipful kingdom. Therefore, we should be praying, Lord, give us, give me a heart of worship. Sometimes we get distracted by this thing or that thing. But when we come together, especially when we come together, we should be praying this even when we're home alone doing our Bible studies and that sort of thing. But when we come together, we should be praying, oh, Lord, your kingdom come. Today, let all of those troubles fade away. Let me focus on you. Let me see your glory. Let me praise your holy name. 
Oh Lord, give us a heart of worship. The Christ kingdom is a righteous, eternal, universal, compassionate, prosperous, and worshipful kingdom. Dear friend, let us pray today. Lord God, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come in my heart today. Do all of these things in me today. Oh, but then let's pray, Lord Jesus, come. As Revelation chapter 22 says, the Spirit and the Bride says, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who thirsts, come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes away from the word of this book, uh, of this prophecy, God will take away his share of the, in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things, that is Jesus Christ, says, Surely I am coming soon. And I love how John ends the book. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, Christ's kingdom is a kingdom worth praying for. We should be praying for it in our hearts every day that Christ would bring his kingdom in us. And we should also be praying with John. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Make all things new. Oh, some here today, you don't know Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to Christ. But as I've already said, and I've already told you, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He came, he lived, and he died for you. And he was raised again to assure you a spot in his eternal kingdom if you'll only trust in him. Will you trust him today? It takes nothing but just saying, Lord Jesus, I surrender. I surrender to you. Will you surrender to him today? Let his kingdom come in you now by surrendering your life to Christ. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we do pray and we give you thanks for your promise of your kingdom to come. And Lord, we do. We want to pray as your people, as your church. Lord, let your kingdom come in us. Let us see all of these characteristics in us. Change us. Make us new even now. And Lord, let us long for the day when the trumpet will sound and you will burst forth from the atmosphere and return and set up your eternal kingdom once and for all. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.